And you know what? I've said that to the moms that I encounter also. Remind them, right now you feel that you are in an impossible situation, but pray this prayer. I don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you because God does know what to do. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro-life ministry, and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome back to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys joining us, as always, and as always. We'd appreciate if you guys would share this podcast episode with others. We hope that it will be a blessing and encouragement and a challenge to you guys. And we hope that you had a good Christmas. We hope that you guys have a happy new year. And with this, I guess, will be our last podcast episode of 2021. Wow. Um, We hope that this will set the tone for 2022. This is a good subject for that. Yeah. Yeah. And so what we're going to be talking about is the power of prayer. It is probably one of the most neglected things in the lives of Christians. We like our Christian teaching and our Christian music, worship services and Mm -hmm. preaching and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we neglect the power of prayer. As a matter of fact... One preacher said some years ago, he said, if you want to see how popular a church is, you come on Sunday, on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. If you want to see how popular the pastor is, you come on Sunday night, see how many Mm -hmm. people are there. Mm -hmm. And if you want to see how popular God is with the church, come to their prayer meeting, and then you'll see. That's good. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, Prayer meetings are not, um, in, in many churches, not very well attended, Yeah. which is a sad commentary on modern Christianity. Yeah. But really, I believe God is calling us, he's calling me, I know personally, mm-hmm. back to the prayer closet Yeah, and really just seeking him in prayer and trusting in the power of prayer. It's really not the power of prayer or words. It's really the power of God on behalf of his people that pray. Yeah. Specifically, Jesus said, my father's house will be called a house of prayer, not a house of worship, right. not a house of preaching. Although those things are important, absolutely, yeah. Biblical, yeah. They're, biblically they're important. But Jesus did say, my father's house shall be called a house of prayer. Yeah. And so thereby, I think the people that are in God's house, because the church is the people of God, God's house, in, uh, in this New Testament age, if you want to say it that way, mm-hmm. um, we should be a people of prayer. If yeah. God's house is a house of prayer, we should be a people in God's house of prayer. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that is um, a good way to introduce the whole idea of, of, of this topic. And what does God say about the importance of prayer? Yeah. And he obviously says it's pretty important. Yeah. yeah. Now, of course, we're speaking in a particular context. Mm-hmm. This is the gospel-centered pro-life podcast And in particular, we talk about ministry at the abortion centers. That's really our focus on this podcast. Right. A lot of what we cover can apply to many other pro-life scenarios and many other Christian ministry scenarios. So hopefully other people are listening who are not maybe doing sidewalk ministry. Maybe there's missionaries in other countries that listen to this podcast because a lot of what we we cover is applicable. Right. But we're going to be focusing on the power of prayer 
and in particular, the power of prayer in the ministry on the sidewalk. Yeah. And you guys who are listening, who've been out there on the sidewalk for any length of time, you're going to be absolutely picking up what we're throwing down because you understand the need for prayer. You've experienced the spiritual warfare out there. It's unlike any other ministry likely you've ever been involved in. Every ministry that we do in the name of Jesus, there's going to be spiritual warfare. But this ministry in particular, because it's right there on the front line of the battle between light and darkness, life and death, there's an intense amount of spiritual warfare. So you're going to be picking up what we're laying down because you know and you've likely been led to – to prayer yourself, being out there on the sidewalk, those who are brand new, hopefully will give you some principles and some encouragement to employ the power of prayer if you're not yet doing that. Yeah. And uh, touch on some scriptures that talk about prayer. Right, right. So, so yeah, so we, we are really focusing in this article, in this podcast, we have an article that accompanies the podcast as we usually do, but focusing on that we are in a battle. Yeah. We are on a spirit, in a spiritual battle, and the spiritual weapon that God has given us, one of the most important, is is prayer. Yeah, and so we can't can't neglect that. So Ephesians six twelve is is a great uh, passage yeah. that re- that reminds us about that. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Yeah, yeah this is that Ephesians. Armor of God passage. That's right. And actually, if you guys haven't listened, I did a a teaching uh, podcast episode, man, I don't know, maybe a year or more ago Mm -hmm. about putting on the armor of God. It's something I do on a regular basis when I go out to the sidewalk. I pray through the armor of God and like use my imagination to put on the armor of God. Right. And I'm doing that, of course, in prayer. Um, And one of the main weapons that God has given us, of course, we know we have the sword of the spirit. But really, prayer is what I use personally, and I think what we use personally to put on that armor of God. We're praying, put on that armor of God, because we realize that we're in a spiritual battle. Exactly. And and the power of prayer is so great that it can literally defeat the power of Satan over us. And that's what we need as, as we're about to enter such a strong battle as, as being on the sidewalk. So... So we've got this big battle that we're going to face, the spiritual battle, and we know that we're to pray. And I think it's really important to just go to the basics first. Well, why are we praying? Yeah. What is the purpose of our prayer? And many people, I think maybe Christians that are sort of new to faith, will say, well, so that we can express our needs yeah. to God. And while we can do that, you know, there certainly is scriptural basis for that. Yes, yeah, certainly. But it is not the main purpose of prayer. We are not the main purpose of prayer. So another thing I hear all the time, we pray not so that our prayers will change God, but so that our prayers will change us. Yeah. And again... Uh, that's cute. It's nice. Yeah. I also don't think that's the primary purpose okay. of prayer. I think that the focus is not on us at all, honestly, other than it certainly is developing a relationship. Sure. That's how we talk with God. But when when we pray to God, our chief purpose is that God would be glorified. Yeah. Absolutely. And that that's true of almost any question you could ask about the Christian yeah. life. Why do we do anything we do? 
is that God would be glorified. Yeah. But I think having that, keeping that in our focus as the main purpose is that God would be glorified. I think we'll make our prayers less like praying to Santa Claus and more like praying to the Holy Creator that made everything. Yeah. That holds every breath we take is in is because of Him. Yeah. Well, the reality is biblically, God is unchangeable. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. it's not going to change God. Right. Does prayer change circumstances and situations? Well, no, prayer itself does not necessarily. God does that. Mm-hmm. But God acts on behalf of his children. We have to understand mm-hmm. the position that we pray from as believers in Jesus are the position of children appealing to their father. Yeah. And so in a sense, prayer, you know, the Bible says this is in uh, James chapter 4, God resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble. Mm-hmm. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. So prayer essentially is a posture of humility. Yeah, We're humbling ourselves. We're confessing and recognizing that we don't have this, that we ain't got this, we ain't got it figured out. And God, we need you to intervene. And a lot of times when we lift up prayers to the Lord, it's kind of like I think about – it's back in – I think it's 1 Chronicles chapter 20. Gosh, I could be wrong about that. But it's when Jehoshaphat – It's 2 Chronicles 20-21. And the reason that I know that is because I memorized that because it has one of the best verses in the Bible. When Jehoshaphat, right, that's how you say it, says he's up against this incredible battle, an impossible horde against him, an impossible enemy. And he says, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Yeah. And that's that's, if you boil prayer down to its very essence, that prayer itself is the essence of prayer. Yes. God, I don't know what to do. Right. But my eyes are on you. It's a, right. it's a release. Yeah. It's a surrender. It's a humbleness. It's a recognition it's of a who recognition, he is. Yeah. yeah. Of, of God and his supremacy. Yes. And our reliance on him. Yes. And so out there on the sidewalk, when you encounter situations that you don't know the solution to, this mom just told me she's got this situation and I don't know, I don't have a resource for that and blah, 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 blah. Whatever. We go in our minds on all kinds of directions. We can't do anything. Let's breathe out that prayer. God, I don't know what to do in this situation, but my eyes are on you. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I've said that to the moms that I encounter also. Remind them right now you feel that you are in an impossible situation, but pray this prayer. I don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you because God does know what to do. Yeah. So, so now you kind of alluded to this point um, that there are many reasons for why we pray, and they're legitimate. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be petitioning God because there is clearly biblical, sure, um, admin, well, not admonition, but allowance, whatever, that we are to petition our Father yeah. for our needs. Yeah. So I kind of wrote down, thinking over what are the um, the main things from a biblical perspective that we can, we do and can pray for. And so this is not at all an exhaustive list, but but one of them is to strengthen our relationship with God. Yeah, absolutely. You can't have a relationship with someone if you're never talking to them. Yeah. Right? He talks to us through the Bible. Yeah. We can look at that every day. Sure. But are we talking to him? And prayer is the way that, that we express to God. Yeah, absolutely. Um, asking for guidance. Jesus himself 
asked asked God for guidance. Asking, yeah. Well, I think of a passage that just came to mind in yeah. James chapter one. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives yeah. to all liberally. How are you going to ask of God for wisdom? Through prayer. Right. right. If you're going to ask anything from God, it's going to be through prayer, and um, so that speaks to that guidance, that wisdom. Yeah. That really prayer. Prayer helps us to appeal to God for that. Yeah. And then uh, appealing to God for forgiveness, recognizing yeah. our sin before him and then praying to him, asking for forgiveness. And that yeah. is a um, an incredibly freeing thing for us to do. Um, it uh, One of the authors that I read said, it un- prayer is what unlocks faith in our lives. Okay. And I, I, I don't know if they were referring to, I suspect this is, that when we pray to God very specifically— and we see an answer very specifically. It does build our faith. That doesn't always happen. God doesn't always answer prayer in the way that we wish he would. Yeah. And I'm not saying that then our faith should be destroyed if that happens. But it does increase our faith, I think, yeah. when we do see a specific answer. Well, I mean, I think it certainly does if we see an answer. Yeah, I, like I'm, I've seen answers to prayer where it's like direct answer to the prayer. No doubt that God intervened in whatever situation. Yeah. a couple of situations yeah. come to mind, but I don't want to get into those. Um, but it also unlocks our faith in the sense that again, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Because a lot of times, as human beings, our propensity is that our faith is toward us. Like we have faith and we have right. confidence. And there's a balance. We should have confidence in the gifts that God has put in us. I don't. I'm not trying to discount that, but there is a, a carnal confidence that we have in our own ability, in our own strength, um, even confidence that we have in other people. Mm-hmm. And prayer kind of redirects that confidence. Yeah. And ultimately says again, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. I don't have the answer in myself. My friends don't have the answer. My pastor don't have the answer. Uh, my eyes are on you. So it, it kind of redirects our confidence or redirects our faith back to the one who is ultimately faithful right. above all. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it helps direct our faith, put our faith and unlock our faith. In yeah. God. Yeah. It's okay also to pray for something we want. Yeah. That is okay. I actually prayed about this new bike thing that I got. Yeah. I did. It was a fairly big expense. And I, I prayed, you know, show me, Lord, should I do this? And, and it, you know, it was funny. I got validation from other people because I would go and say, is this ungodly or is is this okay? Yeah. But, um, but, you know, there's that passage about where if you ask your father for a fish, will he give you a stone? Right. We are to ask our father for, I don't think we're supposed to be praying really for like a Mercedes or, or you know, I'd be real careful. <laughs> I need a Mercedes. I need a private jet. You know, I think, okay. The, so you can pray for that and let me know <laughs> if you get a specific if answer. I, I'll pray for the private jet. You pray for the pilot and we'll get someone else to pray oh, for the okay. fuel. There you we'll go. Good to go. There you go. Spread <laughs> yeah, that I get around. what you're saying. Like, I mean, if, again, if our posture of prayer and our position of prayer is one of sonship or daughtership, right? that's how yeah, you say that, yeah. then certainly, like my kids ask me for things. Yeah. And sometimes they're asking me for selfish reasons, and sometimes right. they're just asking me because they have this desire. I mean, yeah. if they want It will bring a, a them gift, joy. Sometimes them joy. there are things that will bring them joy, and the yeah. Father rejoices in in giving them things that bring them joy. So I, I just want to make the point, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to ask for things you want. 
What is not okay is if you don't get them, if the answer is no. Right. To then get angry at God. Yeah. And that happens a lot. Yeah, it and, can. And so we have to be very careful about if he doesn't give us what we say we need even or want. We have to trust that he does know better. Yeah, than absolutely. Us. So that speaks to the humility. You, sure. You so we're not about. talking about a name it, claim it. Right. Like your Mercedes <laughs> and you go to a Mercedes Benz dealership <laughs> and you go walk around your favorite right. Mercedes seven times and you claim it. Right. Um, I mean, I guess God could do that. He could. But it, Not I don't likely. think that's what the Lord is uh, is into when we're talking about right. asking God for things. That's, right. I think specifically, yeah, we can ask God for tangible things yeah. um, and even pray through God, should I buy this bicycle right. or whatever? Right. He can give us wisdom on that. It was that. a tag along. It wasn't the bike itself. But okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So <laughs> things like that, tangible things, but also specifically like for intervention in situations. Yeah. Like, God, I, I, I need you to move in this situation. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I was, I, I did a study about prayer a couple of months ago and just kind of getting back to prayer and, and the essence of prayer and, and what is this thing, just meditating on it, bringing the question before the Lord, listening to a couple of messages and things, listening through a book about prayer, mm-hmm. and really came to the conclusion, because we can get real mystical with prayer. Mm-hmm. We can get really thinking about it's kind of this super spiritual experience, and yeah. certainly God can do that stuff, and we can mm-hmm. have a super, super spiritual experience with the Lord in prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get that. Yeah. But really... Um, I think prayer is asking for God to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Yeah. And it does start with the prayer of salvation. Yeah. Um, I don't believe necessarily in the sinner's prayer that the sinner's prayer certainly doesn't save just in that situation, right? Saying the sinner's prayer does not save you. Right. But what does save you? God. Yeah. God by his Holy Spirit saves you. Yeah. And if you pray in sincerity, confessing your sins to the Lord and asking him to save you from your sin— he will save you, right? Yeah. In the same way, if you pray and you bring a relationship situation to the Lord, then God can intervene in that situation. If you pray and you're out there on the sidewalk and there's been some kind of, I don't know, I mean, I'll, I'll just think practically, standing out there on the sidewalk, praying for God to shut that abortion clinic down. That's something yeah. we can't do. Yeah. Can God do it? Yeah. He can do it. Right. We've seen him do it. Yeah. I mean, we've seen... Some miraculous answers to prayer out there. I mean, I've seen the Lord literally shut the place down for several hours because of people praying. Now, why God answers that prayer sometimes and other times he doesn't, I don't know. I don't don't get that. I don't understand how all that stuff works. But I do think we certainly can appeal to God, ask him to do things that we ourselves cannot do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And you are not going to give up on God because maybe he doesn't do it in your timing. He he may do it in his own timing. So some of the other things are discerning God's will. That's a very important and valuable thing to pray for, to discern his will. Yeah. Um, Like an for like Solomon praying for wisdom, sure. you know yeah. that 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 he wanted he wanted to be wise in judging God's people. Yeah. So um, thanking God and praising and glorifying God are, are two other really important yeah absolutely. things that that we pray for. But as I was thinking through the whole subject of prayer, I was thinking about again on the sidewalk when when thinking now when we've kind of talked about what we should pray for, the main purpose of prayer, but when should we pray? And um, always is the, the bottom line, but, right. but, but specifically, 
we should pray before the trial that we are going to enter. I'm thinking in terms, again, of trials, the trials, because, right. again, I'm thinking from the sidewalk perspective. Before we enter that arena where that trial is going to take place. Yeah. During the struggle or the trial. Yeah. And then after. Those are the three main, which means always. <laughs> yeah, but, always. Before, during, and after. I th- yep. What I thought was interesting was as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about, okay, are there biblical examples in each of those areas? And there are. There's plenty. And they were so interesting to me as I was thinking about the people that prayed in each of those segments of time. So, for example, godly servants praying before a trial. One that came to my mind was Esther. Yeah. Now, Esther is an interesting book. Is it the book of Esther? It is, right? Yeah, yeah. Never is prayer or God mentioned yeah, that's kind of in strange, the book huh? of Esther. And yet they're clear. God is clearly working behind the scenes yeah. in the book of Esther. And when Esther is um, told by her uncle Mordecai how she needs to go about saving her people, she... At first she resists, and then she said, and Mordecai tells her, but, um, you know, who knows that you've been called. It's (laughs) you. It's you or no one. Well, God will bring about whatever God wants, but who knows that you have not been called to such a time as this. And she tells him, okay, I'll do it, basically. And she tells him to go and tell the people to go fast for three days, and then she's going to go do what she needs to do before the king, which she could have lost her life for going to the king unsummoned. So, but... Fasting for three days was always associated with prayer. Yeah, of course. So she ha- she was clearly calling the people before she endures this, what could be the end of her life, going before the king unsummoned. That was not allowed. That was against the law, apparently. Yeah. Um, before she did that scary trial, she asked for prayer. Yeah. So we should too. Yeah. Before we walk on, I'll tell our counselors, before you walk on that sidewalk, not only should you be in prayer, ask others for prayer. Yeah. Ask others to be praying yeah. for for you and for the team. Absolutely. Yeah. If you have social media, put it out on social media, start a text group, right. whatever, but have folks praying. Yeah. Before you even go out, of course, you yourself, you want to be praying. You want to yeah. spend time in prayer Yeah. before you go out because you need the armor of God. Right. Um, if you think about it, kind of in, in line, and you have this here in the article in line with this before the trial, yeah. the most uh, prominent example, an important example right. of praying before the trial is Jesus. Right. Even before his crucifixion. Now, we're talking yeah. about God in human flesh yeah. appealing to the Father in heaven in prayer before his crucifixion. Now, this is something, of course, we knew that Jesus came to do. He came to lay his life down. It's the purpose for which he came. And yet he still appeals to his father in prayer mm-hmm. before this trial and even asks for, um, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And so he's, it's a prayer of surrender. Yeah, It's a prayer of, of travail, really, because it says yeah. he sweat drops of blood. And, and yeah. some folks say that that was because of the travail. And I agree that because of the travail in, in prayer, because of the reality of what he was about to face, yeah, Jesus um, is praying. If if Jesus had to pray before his trial, how much yeah. more so do we need to be praying yeah. before we step onto that sidewalk or before we face whatever trial right. that we know is ahead of us? We need to be praying. This yeah. is why we need to be 
always in prayer. We need to be praying daily. We need to be we need to be a people of prayer yeah. because Jesus was a man of prayer. Yeah, and I, I love that passage about Jesus praying, Father, um, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Because there's so many times that I know what I need to do before God, but it's so frightening. Yeah. And I really don't want to do it. Well, it's not that Jesus didn't want to do it. I don't want to you know, presume that, but it certainly was not pleasant what he was about to endure. And he knew that and that he appealed to the father and expressed that to me makes me feel less um, alone when I feel like, I don't know if I can do this, what you're asking me to do. But then Jesus surrenders to, to that will that your will, not my will. And that's such a great model for for us in our prayer. Yeah. I know sometimes and I don't want to get too much in the weeds with this, but yeah. sometimes our theology can get in the way of a biblical attitude to prayer. Mm-hmm. So we can have a mentality, well, God knows the end from the beginning. He knows all the stuff that's going to happen. He knows as far as like asking God for things. He knows right. what I need, so therefore I don't need to pray for those needs. Yeah, yeah, all that can be true. Yeah. But did he know? Of course, Jesus knew he was going to be crucified. He told his disciples he's going to be crucified. Right. He knew yeah. he was going to be resurrected. Yeah. Daniel, you have here as an example, Daniel right. in the lion's den. Mm-hmm. Like, did God know what the result of Daniel's situation was going to be? Did God know what the result of Esther's situation was going to be? Yeah. yeah. He knows the end from the beginning. Yet still, we see these examples of men and women of God praying because it's a principle in God's word that we need to employ. Right. To let our theology get in the way of prayer because this idea that God knows everything anyway, so I don't need to tell him anything, is just unbiblical. Yeah. We need to be a people of prayer, (laughs) again, because Jesus was a man of prayer. Right. He knew this whole situation, how it was going to play out on everything. Yeah. And yet, still, he was a man of prayer. Yeah. Um, How about during a trial? One one of the... I mean, Jesus is a great example of that also, but another yeah. one that um, isn't God is Stephen. He's in the middle of, oh, yeah. you know, he. this is in uh, Acts 7, uh, specifically verses 59 to 60 is what I focused on when he's being stoned. Right. He's being stoned after— Talking about being in the midst of a trial. Exactly. Goodness. I mean, he's he's being stoned to death. And after sharing the gospel, and they didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to hear it. And they said it was blasphemy, what what he was proclaiming, which, of course, it was not. But uh, so they're stoning him. And in that verse, this, this is his prayer. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And yeah. then having said that, can you imagine that? Yeah. I mean, when you think. Think about someone in the middle of being stoned by his persecutors, and he's praying in the midst of it, and he's not praying, stop the stones. He's not praying, um, uh, uh, beam me up, Scotty. He's, right, yeah. he's saying, forgive them. Yeah. Forgive them. I, they, that to me is like, um, that's an inspiring prayer yeah, for what we should be praying because we face that on the sidewalk. We are now we're not getting stoned hopefully in any way <laughs> on out on the sidewalk, but we are facing persecution of of quite yeah. often on the sidewalk. And our natural tendency is to fight back, to flee, but I think we should be modeling Stephen. Yeah, I mean, I just came to mind. We need to train ourselves that in 
trials and difficult situations. We need to be a people of prayer. I mean, I think practically this may be a funny example, but if you're riding down the road and uh, you know someone veers into your lane and you swerve, what's the first reaction? Is is it a curse word? Is it saying a bad thing about them? You idiot, you fool. Or is it prayer? Like, what's our reaction? Think about Stephen. Yeah. His reaction could have been a lot of stuff. Right. And justifiably. Yeah. You guys are wicked. Why are you doing this to me? He could have That could have been his reaction. Yeah. But his reaction was one of prayer. And so I even yeah. searched my own heart. Right. When I'm being cursed out on the sidewalk. Yeah. When a man is coming over to me like he's going to punch my face in because I've just asked his girlfriend to come over and talk with us so we can help her. Yeah. Is my first reaction one of prayer? Like, Lord, help me to handle this situation in a way that honors you? Or is it just to react to him and say, you're a coward or whatever it might be? Um, Gosh, I want to train myself and let the Holy Spirit train me to be a man of prayer in all things, especially in, in the midst of the trial. And I think what this illustrates is the main purpose of prayer, because you can bet there were the people stoning him that saw that. Yeah, And that changed their heart. It has to have changed some of their hearts towards God. So that was a prayer that was not at all selfish. It was fully to glorify God. Yeah. And I mean, um, you know who was right there in that moment was the Apostle Paul. Right. Saul at that time. Right. Right. And the Bible doesn't specifically say that that's what God used. I mean, of course, God knocked him off his donkey and, yeah. <laughs> and blinded him. So certainly yeah. God used that. Yeah. But I have to believe that at least that situation with Stephen was a seed that was being planted. That's right. In the Apostle Paul's heart, in his mind. That's about right. This Jesus guy. Yeah. That the Stephen guy's praying to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we're always being watched. Not that we should pray to be watched. The Bible tells us don't do that, but yeah. but we are being watched in our prayers. Our prayer life can reflect um, where we are with, with God and others, what they see. But then finally, after a trial, after you've been through the ringer, yeah. should we be praying? Well, we should pray without ceasing, and we should pray in all things, yeah. so certainly. Yeah, and the, what do you think the prayer should be following you have emerged from a trial? Yeah, I mean, to me, it should be a prayer of gratitude, first yeah. and foremost. God, thank you for taking me through that trial. Yeah. Uh, the Bible doesn't say thank God for everything, right. but it does say in everything, thank God. And I think by that same notion, after everything, we can thank God. We can thank God after the trial is over. And yeah. I think, you know, I do this thing if I've gone through a trial, and in the scenario for me is I've been at the abortion center, I've been cussed out by some pro aborter some angry dad or angry mom or something like that. Of course, by God's grace, I'm praying in the midst of that. Like, God, yeah. give me strength. Help me not to react <laughs> in the flesh. Right. But when it's all said and done and I'm driving home from the abortion center, I'm kind of running back through my mind the whole scenario. You know how it is. You yeah, just got in this sure. scenario and you're kind of, oh, I should have said this or I can't believe they did this or whatever. But I like to try to turn that in prayer to God and kind of what I call debriefing with Jesus. Yeah. Where I'm debriefing, I'm talking through. God saw the whole thing. He knows all the ins and outs of it. So he doesn't need to be informed of information. But I think voicing it back to the Lord is really important. Right. And it it kind of gets it out of our psyche, out of our mind. And, and it's it's that dynamic of cast your cares on the Lord right. for he cares for you. Yeah. So, God, you know that they were falsely accusing me. You know that that situation was wrong. You know I reacted wrong and, and I need your grace. So thankfulness, maybe just kind of, again, debriefing and thinking how you could have handled it better. But ultimately, after a trial, bringing it to the Lord. And 
if you messed up, you messed up, bring it to the Lord. If you did well, you did well, bring it to the Lord, you know? And uh, I think that's a good way to kind of wind down from a trial. Right. Um, One of the verses that that I uh, saw was in Ezra, uh, verse 311. He and his people had laid the foundation for rebuilding the temple. And that had been a major, there was all kinds of trials leading up to, to coming oh, yeah. out of Babylon and, and the captivity and getting permission to go and do that and finally doing it. And the prayer, I don't know that it's necessarily quite a prayer, but sort of, in Ezra 3.11, with praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, he is good, his love toward Israel endures forever, and all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the Lord was laid. So that goes back to what you said right away is thanksgiving, just yeah. gratitude, no matter how the trial ended, um, that you're still breathing after it. Maybe you're not still breathing. Then you'll be praising God and praying right to his face, yeah. you know, in, in all eternity. I know we need to wrap up, but there is, I do want to make the point about what prayer should not be. Yeah, yeah I think um, that's an important point. I think it's really critical because this is just kind of a pet peeve of mine. Um, when there is action that should be taken, I know it should be taken. And uh, people of God say, um, I'll pray for you. Yeah. When I've laid out a list of needs or things that need to be done or whatever, and no one offers to take active, make do anything active to help that situation, but they say, I'll pray for, pray, for, pray for you. You don't want prayer to become a substitute for obedience to God yeah. when he calls you to action. Yeah. And so I think we should be in a lot of prayer regarding yeah. abortion. Yeah, But absolutely. there are literally babies dying every day. And if you look at the verses that support pro-life ministry in front of an abortion center, things like speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. Um, rescue, uh, rescue those who are those. being led away to slaughter. Right. Yeah. They are action verbs. We are to be doing. Yeah. yeah it um, doesn't just say pray for those who are being led away right. to slaughter. Not uh, that prayer is not important. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I thought again, I was I was thinking this has been so heavy on my heart because I see it all the time yeah. that prayer is a substitute. And I thought, is this is this something wrong with me? Yeah. But I found a scripture that I thought just really is the perfect illustration of this. And this is the story of Moses. He he's led his people out of slavery and um and then God turns Pharaoh's heart back to, I'm going to go get them back. <laughs> what yeah. have I done? And he chases them. And um, and the, the Egyptian army is coming from one side of the people, and they come up to the Red Sea. They're trapped. Right. They're, in a, they're in a trap. And they don't see rescue. Well, what on earth are they going to do? So Moses prays to God as do the people. And Moses prays with faith. He knows God will rescue them. But the people pray mostly with doubt and fear. And then God does the miraculous. He parts the Red Sea. And then here's the verse. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward, but lift up your rod stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. So he's saying, there's a time to stop crying out to me. Yeah. 
there is a point at which action must be taken. Yeah. And prayer is is not the primary thing necessary at this moment. You can pray maybe as you're going through parting the Red Sea yeah. and going through. So there's a, uh, I don't know, maybe a, a proverb that the okay. Lord gave me. Well, mm-hmm. I won't, I won't, it's not a proverb equal to scripture, but I think the principle um, is biblical. So you guys weigh this out. Oh, this, this is, is your own proverb. This is my own You've personal written proverb. A proverb. Yeah, I've written a okay, proverb. Okay, there's something again. in Revelation about adding, adding yeah, words. I'm not okay, adding to the proverbs, okay. but just generally this is like your this, own this proverb. kind Got of it. statement in my mind okay. that's kind of proverbial. Okay. And it's, you're a fool if you go without praying. So go into the mission field or whatever without praying. Yeah. You're a hypocrite if you pray without going. Yeah. And so if we're praying, God, I pray that you bring abortion to an end. We certainly should be. We'd be fools not to be appealing to the God of heaven. Right. We need to be praying for God to end this thing. We need to be praying for those moms to choose life, for God to intervene and all that. But if that's all we do and we don't go, it's hypocritical. So we're appealing to God to do something whenever God in his word has actually told us we can do something. And that is Proverbs 31 verses 8 and 9. Open your mouth for the speechless and the cause right. of all who are appointed to die. Yeah. And so yeah. I don't want to be a hypocrite. And so I definitely want to be praying. I want I don't want to be a fool. So I'm going to prepare um my my myself, my heart before the Lord and the ground, so to speak, spiritually in prayer. And then I don't want to so I'm not going to be a fool. I'm going to I'm going to pray before I go. And then I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I'm not just going to pray about something. I'm not willing to go and do something about. So challenge, I'll challenge you guys with that statement. You process it, pray about that statement. And if you're listening to this podcast and you've not yet put your feet on the sidewalk at an abortion center, here's here's an idea. Go out there and pray. There you go. Pray about abortion coming to an end. Do it from your house. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Praise God for that. I'm glad you guys are doing that. Pray for our teams nationally. Pray for the Love Life teams around the nation. It's growing and growing and amazing what God is doing. But also show up up at your, at your local abortion center and just show up and pray. Just be a presence there. See what God will do. I believe he'll bring you out of your comfort zone. Next thing you know, you'll be taking some of these podcasts where we talk about calling out and some of the things you can call out. You'll be employing that. And uh, you know, just step out in faith. Yeah. See what God will do. See how God will stretch you and how God will grow you. And we hope this episode was an encouragement for you guys to pray. We hope that it was a blessing to you enough so that you would share it with other people. So please share this episode with other people. If you have questions or comments or subjects you'd like for us to cover, you can reach out to me, Daniel at lovelife.org. You can reach her, Vicky at lovelife.org. We'd love to hear from you. But until next time, God bless. God bless you all. Give me an outlet for gratitude I know it will cost me my life Nothing's too precious since I met you